Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP Dual Credit Biology and much more. I am your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 5, week 5 of the 2019-2020 school year. In this week's podcast, we will review the week of September 16th through the 20th in AP Dual Credit Biology and look forward to the coming week as well. Spoilers, macromolecule quizzes and major labs happening next week. In our second segment, we will go through a quick rundown of biology in the news, highlighting some of the biggest biology stories happening around the world. In our final segment, I will answer three questions from our listeners' emails in a segment I call Mr. V's Mailbag, where Mr. V answers your questions, or at least tries to answer your questions. Now, before we begin, we need to hear from our sponsor in a new segment I call Mr. V Sells Out to Make the Benjamins. This episode is brought to you by Cellulose. Are you having a hard time making them poops in the toilet? Are you feeling bloated and constipated? Well... If you are, next time you reach for something to put in your food hole, reach for cellulose. Yes, cellulose, this undigestible carbohydrate, will clean your pipes in a matter of hours. Due to its beta-glucose monomers and overall structure, our bodies cannot break down the cellulose, which then goes right through our digestive tract and helping you make those daily deposits into the toilet. So stop straining and wasting time and reach for cellulose. Cellulose can be found in everyday foods like kale, spinach, fiber, celery, and many more. And we're back. So let's jump into our time machine and set the controls to Monday. Monday was quiz day over carbon and functional groups. Students had 11 minutes to complete the quiz and demonstrate proficient to expert level knowledge on carbon's versatility and how the six functional groups essential for life give organic compounds their specific properties. After the quiz, students were able to review their recent exam over lab safety, CER, chemistry, and water, performing a quick analysis of questions that were missed and possibly challenge any questions they thought were unfair. Students had about 15 minutes for this examination and discussion of their performance with their fellow colleagues. After reviewing the exam, we ended Monday's class by students receiving and reviewing their recent FRQ over water and electron configuration. Students evaluated their performance with the scoring guideline and made sure they received every possible point and no errors were made in its grading. On to Tuesday. Tuesday was Pillbug Investigation Day. Students had the entire period to complete as many trials of their investigation, where groups were testing all sorts of different types of stimuli to find out if pillbugs would exhibit taxis behavior. This was an exciting day for me because I got to see you, future scientists, in action, setting up controlled experiments, running your trials, questioning if other variables were remaining constant or not, predicting possible results, and noting interesting behaviors that might influence results. Once again, just a joy watching all team members working in concert to complete their data collection part of their pillbug behavior investigation. Now, let's move on to Wednesday. We started our class by getting back our quizzes over carbon and functional groups. And while some students knocked it out of the park, others did not. Why? Because they ignored my advice of making flashcards, cha-ching, cha-ching, over the six functional groups essential to the chemistry of life. If you were one of those students who struggled, make sure and produce those flashcards over hydroxyl, carbonyl, carboxyl, amino, 
sulfhydryl, and phosphates, where on one side you have the structure of the functional group, and on the other side, the name and function slash property that functional group gives the overall carbon skeleton it is attached to. Remember, you'll see these again on a very important document very soon. After reviewing the quiz, we started our deep dive into macromolecules, organic molecules, large carbon molecules composed of smaller molecules or building blocks. Macromolecules are sometimes referred to as polymers, as most macromolecules are polymers, long molecules consisting of monomers or building blocks. There are four main macromolecules slash polymers that are essential to life, carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and nucleic acids. Now, before we begin discussing the first of the macromolecules, carbohydrates, we examine the two big main reactions responsible for building and breaking down all four macromolecules, those being dehydration synthesis reactions and hydrolysis reactions. When macromolecules are built, they are built by dehydration synthesis reactions. With the help of enzymes and energy, monomers, building blocks, are joined together to start forming a polymer. When the reaction takes place, a water molecule is released, hence why we call it a dehydration reaction since water is being lost. So no matter which macromolecule, carbohydrate, lipid, protein, or nucleic acid, they are all built by dehydration synthesis reactions. When macromolecules need to be broken down back into their monomers, the reaction that disassembles them are hydrolysis reactions. With the help of enzymes and addition of a water molecule, these reactions cleave off one monomer at a time from a polymer slash macromolecule. Every organic molecule can be broken down back into their building blocks by hydrolysis reactions, and these reactions will end up releasing energy. The word hydrolysis even clues you into what it is doing, hydro meaning water and lysis meaning to split or break. So these reactions use water to break or split polymers slash macromolecules. And this brought us to an end of our Wednesday. Moving on to Thursday. On Thursday, we continue to expand our knowledge on macromolecules, specifically focusing on carbohydrates, aka our sugars. So what I'm going to do for this concept is break down those essential nuggets of knowledge you need to know about carbohydrates. So let's start with elements we find in carbohydrates carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, CHO, and sometimes nitrogen if we're dealing with chitin or chitin. Now when it comes to carbohydrates, the ratio we find these elements are interesting in that we always find them in a 1 to 1 ratio. For every carbon and oxygen, we find twice as many hydrogens. Just remember glucose, C6H12O6, that's a 1 to 1 ratio. Now let's talk about the monomers or building blocks of carbohydrates, which are monosaccharides, which actually breaks down to mean one sugar, mono meaning one, saccharide meaning sugar. All carbohydrates are made of monosaccharides being assembled into larger molecules. The main monosaccharide we focus on is glucose, which actually has two isomers, structural isomers, fructose and galactose, all C6H12O6, just differing in their structure. Let's move on to the bonding. The bonding that holds monosaccharides together to form larger polymers in carbohydrates is a strong covalent bond called a glycosidic linkage. So large carbohydrates will have several glycosidic linkages holding them together. Now, let's talk functions. Carbohydrates' main function is energy, quick energy. Eat some sugar, you're going to have some quick energy. 
but it could also store energy for a while in polysaccharide forms like glycogen or starch. It also functions in raw materials. In other words, carbs can be converted to other parts of macromolecules. Carbs can be converted to some amino acids, some fatty acids, and even the sugars we find in DNA and RNA. And one last function is structural materials or components. Some polysaccharides, like cellulose and chitin, are used by living organisms to help them make their bodies or skeletons. And our last essential knowledge nugget for carbohydrates are the forms we find them in. Well, we have monosaccharides, like glucose, but they can also be combined to form disaccharides, two sugars, and create sucrose, maltose, and lactose, three disaccharides held together by glycosidic linkages. But they can also exist as polysaccharides, many sugars connected by glycosidic linkages. The four main ones being starch, how plants store their excess glucose, energy storage, glycogen, how animals store their excess glucose, energy storage, cellulose, a structural polysaccharide used in the cell walls of plants, one of the reasons plants and trees can stand so tall against gravity is due to the cellulose in their cell walls, very rigid, very inflexible. It can also be found in the form of chitin or chitin, also a structural component, but this one found in the exoskeleton of arthropods like crustaceans and insects. Chitin can also be found in cell walls of some fungi. Here's a little Easter egg for the quiz on Monday. Know the difference between alpha-glucose monomers and beta-glucose monomers and the polysaccharides they form. Don't want to spoil too much, but remember, difference comes down to the placement location of a hydroxyl group at carbon number one of glucose. And cellulose and starch are made of these. Which is which? I'm not going to tell. But review your notes for this nugget of information. But I will leave you with this. It's an excellent example of how in biology, structure dictates function. We ended Thursday's class by discussing how the data collected for our pill bug investigation lab is going to be represented. And that representation is a mini lab poster. We discuss what will be required on the poster and the guidelines needed to be successful. Students broke into their teams and accomplished three objectives for the end of class. They divided the parts of the lab poster among team members fairly, everyone doing equal work. They opened up a Google Doc and shared it with everyone, the main platform everyone will use to work on their parts. And lastly, they discussed font, font size, spacing, and the overall formatting of their lab poster. Now, remember, it's a formal science poster, formal fonts only. I see a lab poster with Comic Sans, I will light that thing on fire with a blowtorch. And this pretty much ended our Thursday. On to Friday. Friday started out with great news. The carbohydrate and lipid quiz scheduled for Friday was moved to Monday. Why? Because you guys stepped up and liked the post I sent via Edmodo that stated if the posts earn 100 likes or more, the quiz would be moved to Monday. And well, it got 138 likes and it just blew me away. Never in my seven years of using Edmodo has a post received over 100 likes. When this happened, a single tear rolled down my cheek in satisfaction. Now, after this great news, we took our deep dive into lipids, aka fats. Now, like carbs, I will break down the essential nuggets we need to know about lipids. So let's start with elements we find in lipids, which are C, H, O, CHO. 
and sometimes phosphorus if we're dealing with phospholipids. Now, unlike carbohydrates though, lipids have no set ratio when it comes to the element amounts found in them. Next, monomers and bonding. Lipids are composed of building blocks, one glycerol, a three carbon alcohol, and three fatty acid tails. When they come together by dehydration reactions, an ester linkage bond forms, a strong covalent bond. Now, while lipids are macromolecules, large molecules, they are not true polymers because when a lipid is formed, a triglyceride, it's pretty much a standalone molecule. It doesn't really connect with other lipids to make some sort of chain or polymer. Now, let's talk functions. Lipids' main function is energy storage, long-term energy storage. Fats are energy-rich, twice as much energy as a carb, and this fat is usually stored in cells called adipose cells that can shrink or swell depending if fat is deposited or withdrawn. Another function for lipids is insulation. Lipids help insulate the body and keep us warm. And one last function is protection. Most of our major organs in our body have a layer of lipids around them to cushion and protect them from injury. And our last essential nugget of knowledge for lipids are the forms we find them in. They exist as triglycerides, or just fats, one glycerol with three fatty acid chains. They can be found as phospholipids, major components of cell membranes, where they contain one glycerol with two fatty acid chains, and a phosphate group attached to the glycerol that has a charge on it, giving phospholipids a bipolar property, where part of it loves water and the other part hates water. One last form that we find lipids in are steroids. Now, steroids have a complete different look than triglycerides or phospholipids. They have no fatty acid chains, no glycerol. Steroids are composed of four carbon rings that are fused together with different functional groups attached. Cholesterol, estrogen, testosterone are examples of steroids, lipids, composed of these four carbon rings fused together. Here's another little Easter egg for the quiz on Monday, make sure to review the two types of fatty acids that can attach to the glycerol molecules to form lipids, saturated versus unsaturated. Know the difference in structure, their property at room temperature, how reactive they are with enzymes, and where they could be found. We ended Friday by completing the water investigation lab by playing the final water Olympic game, a good old-fashioned game of water balloon toss. Teams in all classes completed well, but only one team in each class could be victorious. And to those victors, I say congratulations. And if you did not receive your coupon voucher for extra credit points, no worries, you'll receive it on Monday. And this ended the week that was in AP Biology. Before our next segment, we need to hear from our sponsor and what I call Mr. V sells out to get that cheddar. <coughs> Are you tired of dating apps that don't match you up with your soulmate? Tired of meeting scrubs and queepsters? Tired of getting access denied or rejected? If so, try the new Isomer dating app. Its scientific chemical formula matches you up perfectly with someone with your exact chemical composition with just a slight difference when it comes to structure. The Isomer app can match you up with your mirror image, geometric or just overall structural difference person that still maintains that exact chemistry. So stop wasting time and find your soulmate using the Isomer dating app. And we're back. And it's time to talk about biology in the news. And this week, we're going to run down some of the weirdest research in biology and science that makes people laugh. 
This past week, scientists around the world gathered in the 29th first annual IG Nobel Prize ceremony that honors this humorous and laugh-out-loud research. Here's the rundown of this year's winners. And remember, this is real research. One winning research? Can pizza cure cancer? Maybe, if it's made and eaten in Italy. Another one? What happens when you magnetize a dead cockroach? Well, they remain magnetized for a really long time, but not strong enough to stick to your fridge. How much spit does a 5 euro produce? Well, about 500 mils, or just over 2 cups of spit per day. As for teenagers, well, they probably exchange this amount of spit with each other. <laughs> just joshing. Another research winner? Could a machine change diapers? Well, it's been developed, but right now it's probably way out of price range for most families. How dirty is your money? Very dirty. Research shows that just in about 24 hours into circulation, money can test positive for E. coli, MRSA, VER, all different types of bacteria, and even mold. And one last award winner, does holding a pen in your mouth make you happier? Well, the research says no. So stop chewing on those pens. I'll put a link to a YouTube video that highlights the winners in the description of this podcast. It's definitely a must-see, and it is definitely hilarious. And now for our final segment, Mr. V's Mailbag. Now, due to time constraints, I will only be able to answer one listener's question. This question comes from an Edmodo user named I Wear Socks with Sandal 69 Okay, weird username. Well, the question asks, Mr. V, how long does it take to make your podcast? Oh, well, the entire process of scripting, recording, editing, and posting the podcast takes about six to eight hours, about two to three hours just to script the podcast, about another two hours, possibly three to record, and then two hours to edit the podcast and about less than an hour to post the podcast. Well, hopefully this answers your question, I wear socks with sandals 69. Well, this brings us to an end of Episode 5, Week 5 of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and entertaining. I want to thank Free Music Archive and Sound Bible for their music and sound effects found in this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Don't forget quiz on Monday over carbs and lipids. One final Easter egg for the quiz. Know what these micromolecules look like structure-wise. You might see pictures of their structures and you need to be able to identify them. Well, also don't forget to make sure you work on your animal pill bug behavior lab. Remember, it is going to be due on Friday, September 27th. This is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, read your book online. Chapter 5.